You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I have somebody I'm very excited to have on the podcast, John Ork from the band Hemorrhage. As you know, I'm a big fan of bands who are heavy, A, and B, who know how to go out of their way to really grab people's attention. And Hemorrhage has done just that in a similar fashion to Glitchers, the UK band I interviewed earlier this year, I think. Maybe it was last year. Also, apologies and shout out to Jake because I totally brain farted and could not remember his band's name in the middle of this interview when I was referencing them. But I did. I did remember. It did come back to me and I shouted out like a crazy person. But Glitchers is the band. Anyway, we're talking to Hemorrhage today, who has taken a similar approach and bringing their music right to the streets. It's the coolest thing. Go to their social media and check it out. I love, love, love this kind of stuff. And we're going to talk all about it. But before that, I have one little bit of business that you're really going to want to pay attention to if you like fuzz pedals. So over the weekend, Sweetwater posted the Behringer SF300, which is their super fuzz, which I believe Josh Scott of the JHS show has said is the most popular pedals ever sold on Sweetwater. I believe that's accurate. Maybe I'm telling tales out of school. I'm not sure. Anyhow, it's currently on sale for $14. And you spend a little bit more than that, you can get free shipping in the US. I bought a few myself, but you can get it for 14 bucks. And I'm going to put that link right in the description, the specific link to that pedal so that you can just click that and go right there. And if you do, I'll get like 50 cents. So that would help me out. You would get a super rad sounding cheap fuzz pedal that is just a good time. Additionally, I just wanted to remind everybody that if you are going to do any shopping over this holiday season, please check out the tonemob.com slash sweetwater link and the tonemob.com slash reverb link because any purchasing you do through those links comes right back to me. A small portion of the purchase comes right back to me and helps keep that going. It doesn't cost you anything extra. Nothing, nada, zip, everything just comes back and helps support the show in a small way. You get gear, I get a few bucks, and everybody wins. That's tonemob.com slash sweetwater and tonemob.com slash reverb, and both of those are in the show notes as well, right next to that $14 fuzz link. So make sure you check that out so that you can get a super rad fuzz pedal on the cheap like I did over the weekend. All right, without further ado, let's get into this one with John Ork from Hemorrhage. Here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Tone Mob Podcast, the show about guitar stuff occasionally, sometimes. I'm your host, Blake Weiland, and with me today, I have John Ork from Hemorrhage, who I've been following online for a while now. I love what they're doing (laughs) musically and the way they've just kind of taken the bull by the horns and made everybody pay attention. So I wanted to dive (laughs) into this. Uh, I've had another band from the UK that seemed to pop up like right around the same time as you guys called. uh, uh, Well, my brain just failed. They're going to be so mad at me. I'm sorry, everybody. He's been on the podcast before. (laughs) It'll come to me. But um. They've uh, they've been on the podcast before, and they they take a similar approach by just taking it to the street. And uh, mm-hmm. I like what you guys you guys like even took it to the next level, 
and really like you're doing the van, the whole thing. So I wanted to talk about your story, you know, how you started playing, you know, what got you into thrash and then like what made you do this crazy, seemingly crazy, but also brilliant idea. Uh, Well, you know, you just got really frustrated with like the politics and the music scene, you know, like you have to like be cool with a promoter, be buddy buddies with them. And then like, we've always been, we always felt like we were the outsiders and we would ask these promoters before, it's like, dude, like put us on, put us on. Mm -hmm. And then they just never did. And like still today, we never opened up for a big band of how our level of our band now, which is really crazy. So that is like, weird. Yeah, that's that's weird. Uh, so that that's why we just did our our own thing, and now we we just don't mess with anybody, and we just let people in whoever wants to work with us. Mm-hmm. We just we just took instead of like oh we just took it took it on under control instead of like you know got nowhere to go you know yeah that's similar to I I my brain started working in the band's called glitchers jake has been on the podcast oh, yeah, he was gonna be yeah. he was gonna be so mad at me sorry jake yeah uh, they, uh, they contacted us a while back oh did they oh they're great yeah. like that dude's yeah, awesome guys, yeah 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 they, they're really cool but yeah i saw them pop up and then you guys uh, shortly after i'm not sure which one came first but i was just like this is so cool but like so even now you guys have gotten some traction you've got some attention people are watching for yeah. you and you're still not really able to book like quote unquote normal gigs is that right we we chose not to mhm we're just waiting for that if if like a big band comes around and wants us to play for them then yeah we'll do it but other than that like i feel like we're we already have the leverage too much leverage that like we can't go down like we can't step down to a regular show right yeah how many people would you say show up to an average show now versus the beginning? Uh, before, there would be like, I don't know, 20, 30 people. But now it's like 100, sometimes three. Wow. we are. Wow. Yeah. Just all on the street, just having a good time. Yeah, just all on the street, yeah. So supposedly this is a gear podcast. Uh, and I know, like, obviously we can get into the guitar rig and stuff, but I actually want to know how the van is set up. How did you guys figure that out? Uh, well, we had an ambulance before, so we were doing, we, we've been doing this since like 2016 or something, mm-hmm. or maybe before that. Well, we had an ambulance, it was just, it was just popping, I guess, you know, like we're still like kind of learning how things work. Uh, so what we do is, at first we had a, a converter that goes into like a car cigarette mm-hmm. lighter thing. Yeah. Yeah, and it was like 750 watts, and then so we put so we downsized our amps into combos. Okay. So we we went to go. I have a 5150 mm-hmm. half stack. For somehow, I found a a, a combo version of that. Perfect. So I was like, great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then like the other guitarist, he also like found a combo version of like. Of his setup, which is like B fifty two at the time, and we were like awesome. So, so we just downsized it, and then like calculated the watt the wattage, mm-hmm. and then like make sure that like it doesn't blow the fuse. But the, the 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 sound wasn't the best because like it's it's the the power source not the it's not the greatest. Mm-hmm. So that's how we did it. 
Are you still running on an inverter, or you got a generator no, or something? No, now? we got we got we got something else. Yeah, yeah. Which like I can't really talk about it because we're the only ones to figure it out. Ah, you got to buy the information from me later on. Later <laughs> but, on. <laughs> but right now we got it all set. We have 100% clean power. Uh, our tones are really nice. We actually last night we just re-upgraded to our half stacks. Nice. So we figured out another way to like have more power. So now like we have instead of like having four speakers running our both of guitars, we have eight. You know, so it sounds <laughs> big difference, man. It sounds nicer. It sounds deeper. You know, and you're running your PA and everything else out of that too, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Are the drums mic'd at all, or is that still just open? The drums are mic on uh, it. So the kick, the kick drum is mic'd up, and uh, I think we're gonna start miking up the snare soon. And then uh, we have a sample pad. Okay, got it. Yeah, perfect. It's cool that that stuff has become more accessible these days and more familiar. Yeah, I mean, like some people who who has tried to do something like this before, like. I I met actually the people who like is they're called the atheists. They're the they're like before us. There were it was them, and they got they got pretty far with it. They were they did they got on like festival tours and stuff like that. But the way they did things with the technology that they had, everything was bigger. Mm-hmm. So they had to get like an actual generator and like uh, uh what else did they get? Well, like. Tons of speakers, you know. The the it was like four times the size of what we have. Uh, that's why they couldn't really get into the into places like how we did. So like, uh, right now the technology is there, and we're taking advantage of it. Nice. That's really cool. Really, really cool. Yeah. With the with the lights and all the setup too. Like, uh, there were no LED strips back in 2012. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you, do any of you in the band or yourself, you have a background in electronics to figure this out, or is it? How did you do uh, that? Well, we before we quit our jobs, uh, like last year, we were working for a guy that was building a Christmas house every year. He, he converts his house, his mansion, into a Christmas house every year. Oh, wow. So we were doing that for for like nine years, I think. Um, so we just learned everything from him. He just like opened our minds to like, if you can't find it, you can make it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so the, and he, he was really into like lights and like uh, how things work the mechanics of things and a lot of the stuff rubbed into us and you see it on the bus. That's so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's his, it's a, what's a famous house actually. It's called the uh, Tom and Jerry Christmas house in San Francisco. So, oh, I've never heard of it. I'll have to yeah, look it up. Yeah. That's, yeah. They, they were on like ABC channel and stuff like that. That's it's, it's really cool. That's super cool. So taking a few steps back, like when did you personally start playing guitar and like what led you down to the, the heavy music rabbit hole oh man uh i started playing guitar when i was i would say 16 because i didn't want to be a guitar player i wanted to be a bass player actually okay it's funny enough that we don't have a bass player in our band <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh so like i because like when when I got into music around fourteen fifteen, I was like really into like uh, ACDC and stuff like that, and I always ha- look at Malcolm as a Angus Young, and I was like, I will never be that good. 
but I can settle for a bass and be as badass as him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I started playing bass because I, I just knew that because like at the time, like, like a lot of the kids were like, you know, like if you're not a shredder, you're not good, you know, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, it's actually the riffers are the, what carries the band. A hundred percent. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I did that and then, uh, I started the band with my guys and then, uh, over the summer I was just like, all right, I'm going to learn how to write songs. So like the best way to write songs is to learn how to play guitar. And I, I learned how to play guitar over that summer. Yeah. Very and cool. That's, and then like, I end up like becoming a guitar player. Just by, just by necessity more than anything. <laughs> yeah. 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 Even vocals too, like it, because like our vocals quit. So I was just like, you know what? I'll just do it. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, hey, it seems to be working out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was, uh, if you're really passionate about it, you know, like you got to like, make it happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have any vocal vocalists who inspired you? Uh, yeah, man. Uh, the guy from Trivium was a big one because I was guitar playing guitar and and doing that so yeah him uh like james hetfield of course you know of course yeah um who else was really good um vocally though like i really like bleeding through like walls of jericho all the metalcore stuff mm-hmm. you know and as i lay dying um there's something about like there that 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 um that mid-range screaming that's like cuts through that's always been my cup of tea too like i've only recently started getting into like the more black metal kind of higher pitch stuff and then the more guttural you know death metal things i for years i couldn't really get into that it just didn't work with my ears i had to like just continue trying to feed into it and experience it a little more to appreciate it but yeah for me it's always that like lower mid-range metalcore yeah. style vocal that's my favorite heavy vocal which is what yeah. you do so well so well yeah. so yeah i'm a thank big you. fan yeah <laughs> yeah thank you yeah it's it, it also like the i feel like it's easier to like say things because it's a hardcore kind of style you know yeah yeah, yeah. you can yeah you can usually make out what they're saying whereas you get into yeah. some of the it's like yeah. i don't know what <laughs> yeah. i don't know what that was but it was a sometimes sound. they're cool like i, I like them I, I i still i do those kind of, of vocals when it feels right, you know. Sure, but I don't. I don't do it all the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just like it. Like, hey, I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> do you? Is that yeah. something that you practice at, or do you just kind of go with what feels right? Uh, it, it kind of goes with what feels right because we're so we're playing so many shows that we don't practice as much. But like those shows are like practice pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a like a vocal like warm up or anything that you do to try to take care of that cuz that can be a little rough on it at times. Yeah, uh I I drink throat coat. Love throat uh, coat. It's yeah, like, that's that yeah, before I don't I don't smoke or anything like that. Before uh before I go perform uh yeah, I just keep it in, but like when people do like the the vocal warm ups like uh mm-hmm. like I don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I just like keep it I just keep it tame. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. So as far as the rig, we talked about the amp, but do you have yeah. any pedals that you play or is it mostly straight in? How do you do it? I use for the longest time. I was do, I was just straight in because I was a, I was like a punk rock guitarist, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but like up, not up to like 
four four years ago. I started getting into pedals. Right now, I have a a noise suppressor, uh, a Tudor pedal, a wah pedal, and uh, a tube screamer. Okay, it's very basic. <laughs> what suppressor do you use? Uh, the Boss one. Okay, yeah, classic. Yeah, classic yeah. for a reason. It works great. And then, like Tube Screamer is the Ibanez Tube Screamer mm-hmm. classic. Yeah, and they have a wah pedal. Dunlop wah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, I I just upgraded to like the the dime bag one. Oh, okay. Yeah, a little yeah. different, little different yeah. range on that one. That's cool. Yeah, it, it gives you like twenty percent extra range. But now I'm like thinking is like okay, I like this pedal. Maybe I should try the other kinds of wah pedal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I I I love that's my favorite pedal is the wah pedal. Okay. I can't make a wah pedal work to save my life. It always sounds so stupid when I try to use a wah pedal. I don't know why. I've tried. It's a feeling based, I think. Yeah. You have to feel it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably it's probably an experience thing. It always I'm always just like this sounds like yeah. a dying cat when I try to do it, but <laughs> I love it when other people do it. So yeah, there's plenty of gear like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I got like a collection of uh, pedals. I got into like pedals for a while too. Like uh, I had the organ pedal. Oh yeah, uh, the Canyon. I was like really big. I was a big fan of uh, electroharmonic stuff. Oh yeah, which is weird that I don't use any electroharmonic stuff right now. Yeah, but I, I have like five, six pedals from them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm kind of I'm a pedal hoarder. I'm it's terrible to just don't yeah. don't go don't go my route. It's dangerous. I, I did for a while, and then like <laughs> and I realized, wait a second, I'm, the, I'm barely using any of this. <laughs> I mean, the 5150, I uh, I don't own one yet. I need to fix that. Oh, man. Because They're it's super expensive right now. They are. I should have got one when they weren't. I knew. I was like, oh, I'll get one of those sometime. They're not that expensive. And now it's like, whew. Yeah. I remember I bought mine for 600 for off a guy on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. And, like, and I was just looking up, looking up yesterday. It was like $1,400. Yep. Yep. I was like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> Everything has gone up. It's so insane. Yeah, I, I've got uh, a Les Paul that just like doubled overnight because of the Adam Jones release. And it was like, wow, glad I got it when I did because now I can't afford one. So I guess, yeah. you know, here we are. But every, that's the way everything's gone lately, right? Gear's gone, yeah. gone crazy. Yeah, especially like uh, I think the the technology is like, kind of making everything more uh, demandable you know like because like you can now you can like have that sound with your computer yep and then uh and i think it's just like kind of like how the vinyls were going uh recently where like everybody just got sick of digital things and then now they're like buying vinyls and the vinyls went up Mm mm-hmm yeah. Yeah, I'm still waiting on my pressing plant to get mine done. So yeah. that was almost a, that was uh, a year ago at this point. So oh, wow. yeah. Hopefully that'll you, come out one of these days. Yeah, you gotta hook up with my guy. He just started his own pressing plant up in the Midwest. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, our vinyls actually are gonna be with him. And uh the process because he's so he's like starting out and he's pretty small still. Mm-hmm. Like we got ours done within a week. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I mean, yeah. for what it's worth, they told me it was going to be that long. So it wasn't yeah. like a surprise. But yeah. Uh, you got you got 7 inch or 12? Uh, it's a 12. Yeah. Oh, wow. <clears throat> that, that, that does it. It takes longer. Yeah. It's just this weird record that I mean, I did it last year and it, um, 
it, it's it's kind of I never thought I would have anything on vinyl, so it was kind of trippy to to even get the test pressings back. But hopefully, that'll become reality here pretty soon. We'll yeah, we'll, we'll see. get there. Yeah, <laughs> now you got to worry about the packaging now. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've got that pretty well ironed out. Fortunately, yeah. that seems to be going smooth yeah. at this point. We'll call it smooth at this point. That could change at any time. Yeah. So when you guys go to record. Do you guys record yourselves? Do you have a studio you like to work with, or what's that process like? We have a like? studio that we, we we like to work with. Um, we used to try to do it ourselves, but with the technology and everything, with like we're just so like hands on that we'd rather have somebody else run the the computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. So we do that. Um, this this twenty twenty two, we've been going in and out of the studio. Like I think we went two times. I recorded a couple songs and then like, yeah, we we have four songs so far. Sweet, yeah. sweet. Yeah. Does the we studio have a name or is it just a buddy? Yeah, Crow Keeper Studios up in Sacramento. Sweet. They're, they're really good guys. He's also up and comer, so he's hungry. hungry yeah. To succeed. So <laughs> we 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 only like <laughs> this reason why we're working with him because he's hungry and we're hungry. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean that's just it, right? Like you guys yeah. have put in a serious amount of work. Like yeah. way beyond just the nightly shows, it's getting everything set up, troubleshooting, figuring everything out. It's yeah. so many hours that go into this. You know, it's a yeah. substantially <laughs> less than minimum wage when you get done with it at the end of the day. Yeah. But you have to mm-hmm. want it, right? Yeah, that, that's, mm-hmm. that's the way it is with everything. Yeah, for a while, for a while it's minimum wage, and you start seeing things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it started getting stuff for free. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so have you had any like moments as I know the glitchers has gotten a, at least attempted shutdowns when they play over there in the UK. Yeah. Have you guys ran into anything like that? Where it's just like, Nope, we're pulling the plug on you. How did that, how does that work? Yeah, work? it happened a couple of times. Um, the one time when we had, um, when we were running the power through the car battery, someone, one of the security guards figured it out and pulled it out. Oh jeez! Yeah, it just it just shuts us down. And it, like the thing is, like with us, I I think our biggest advantage doing pop up shows is we are very decent. Mm-hmm. I, I think if we suck, people will shut us down really quick. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's we were just talking about that with the guys last night. This is like, I think the funniest thing is that. Yeah, we have we have like I guess we have this kind of gimmick where we just pop up anywhere, but people expect us to suck, right? <laughs> but we don't, and that's why they love us. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, yeah. Um, yeah, we got shut down a couple times with the cops, but the, they all they're always nice to us. Oh, that's so cool. Weird. Um, they they're always like, hey, uh, the one one time they told us to. You know, like if you're gonna do this again, do this at a different side of the block because of the residential area and commercial spaces. You know. Ah. Yeah, and then um, the venues are like, like uh, some of the venues are like starting to like, kind of um, like, like kind of put their set times. Got on, it. On, on, online because they know we're probably gonna someone's gonna send it to us, and then they they have the parking right in front of the venue. Mm-hmm. Open when we get there. It's it's weird. It's like a it's like an interaction thing with like without 
without talking. <laughs> they just yeah. really show up. <laughs> like and if we just get... put it out there, they will come. They will yeah. come to us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it happens in LA a lot. They they like, oh, I'll put the set tops tonight. And then like, yeah, we're there. When when we're there, we're there. <laughs> I think I think you hit the nail on the head there though. Like it's one thing to grab attention with a pop-up show that's as wild yeah. and as crazy as your guys' is. You know, if somebody rolled up, though, and it just totally sucked, like, nobody would care. Hi, I'm Vincent, and I'm here to talk about the Maris Mercury X. My dad's always going on and on about how cool Maris is. He really went off on one about the Mercury X the other day. He said something about a 4,800 hertz sample rate and 99 preset locations in 33 banks? And something along the lines of the most advanced reverb pedal ever devised by man? That's all true, but I only care about one thing. This pedal sounds sick. So make sure you check out the Mercury X and all the other fine products at Maris.us, as well as fine retailers worldwide. All right, Dad, now can I have my talkie? How exactly do artists get their music on Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, Tidal, all these services? How in the world do you get your music there? Well, in the past, you had to use something called a record label. But these days, you can use DistroKid. DistroKid is the absolute easiest way to get your music up on streaming services. And it's the most affordable way to do so. Not only do plans start at $22.99 for the entire year, that's less than 2 bucks a month, DistroKid also does not take a cut of your streaming revenue, unlike some other services out there. Even better if you sign up by going to ToneMob.com slash DistroKid. That's ToneMob.com slash DistroKid. One more time, that's ToneMob.com slash DistroKid. You'll get 30% off. That's right, 30% off. They're already extremely reasonable prices. So go to ToneMob.com slash DistroKid and get your music out there. Yeah, nobody would care at all. So that comes yeah. from putting the time in and practicing before, you know, even though your yeah. your practices now have expanded to the show, but it ter- that speaks to the quality of the songs and the quality of the performance yeah. and the thought that's went into it. That's really important. It's hard yeah, to, hard enough to grab attention, but once yeah. you got it, what are you going to do with it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think that's where like most bands blow it, you know. Um and, the, and then there's other bands who try to do the same thing, but like it's just like the, the I guess their their music is not there yet or, or something uh, because ours is like we well crafted our songs we well crafted like when we talk about writing songs and writing music and then like and, and just creating in general the the three of us are like I love this part and then we go back and forth and to like create this like uh, this uh, I guess masterpiece that we're trying to do and uh, we we also like. Since we're playing so many shows, we're also like getting feedback from what we're doing, mm-hmm. and like we we go like, all right, this part goes hard. We should do this harder, you know, like or space out the these breakdowns, and then uh, it's not just like straight up just play, do whatever you're gonna do, and then leave. We actually like think, sit down, and like talk about it a lot. Right. Pay attention to what the response is when you do yeah. it. 
and don't just keep doing the same thing over yeah. and over again expecting yeah. a, the same result yeah I, I think that's uh, that's what just in general just like up and starting bands to up and coming bands that's i feel like that's what they need to like pay attention on like uh I, I actually learned this from like the guy that made all those records uh of uh backstreet boys and like in sync okay there's this like swedish studio that all, if you look at all the credits in the in all those pop music in the in the late 90s early 2000s he's like the swedish producer forgot his name i know you're talking about yeah i can't think of the name either i know what you're talking about though uh something something pop i think <laughs> he, he has he has a name pop in his name <laughs> but, but anyways like I, I was like reading about it and there there's there's thing that's really stood out to me where like they were testing before they got big they were testing their music at clubs because they were djs oh. and they were like they were like um like just watching how people respond to it and then they like that's how they kind of shift their sound and then like they they kind of figure out like a way to like make their music good like that by just playing over and over again at clubs and then like go back to the studio and tweak it and like that's that's the kind of formula we do we're doing now you know what that's a lot like that's a lot like what stand-up comedians do they're constantly like working on their material and they have to work it out they'll sometimes write it by themselves but then they yeah. have to go in front of the crowd and they're like, ha, this thing I've come up with was really funny and it just bombs. Oh, I guess it yeah. wasn't that funny then because nobody laughed. Yeah. So that's an I had never thought of that in the context of music, but it makes just as much sense there as it does anywhere else. Yeah. That's, that's super smart. Yeah. It, well, yeah. And also, it's like some people might think it's just like, oh, you're just doing what people like. It's like, no, we're not. It's not like that. It's like, we have a concept. We have an idea. We just need to like find a way to get through you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think there's a big difference in you know making something strictly for what maybe mass airplay or yeah. what everyone's gonna love versus what your people like yeah. and what you like. As long you know when it comes to the whole selling out thing, I think it's kind of a, a weird conversation. To yeah. me, it, it always means if you're not compromising what you enjoy, then it's yeah. not selling out. Like if you still like it, it's all groovy. It, yeah. it only becomes selling out when you're starting to do things that other people like that you hate. Then it gets a little bit questionable. Yeah, like like how like a lot of metalcore bands that was big and they shift their sound all at the same time all of a sudden. <laughs> I, no one in particular. I don't know what you mean. I have no idea what you mean by that. <laughs> this is our most mature release to date. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But also our most polished and yeah, I, yeah. Uh, they all say yeah. Mm-hmm. Not naming any names. <laughs> Horizon. Yeah. I don't, we don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? At the same time though, if that's what they like, then was it though? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not them. I'm not them. If that's what they like, then more power to them. You know, yeah. that's how I. That's how I view it. I, I, I feel like yeah, they would say that they like it, but you know, they like pe- people didn't connect to it when they did it. True. You know. True. So that's how you know that they because if you if if people connect to it and passionate about it, that means your pa- the the creator is also passionate about it. I feel like the 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 reflection of the crowd is the reflection of the band. Mm, that's true. 
That's uh, another way of saying something I've heard in like markety terms is called your vibe will attract your tribe. <laughs> you oh, know, that's a good one. Yeah. 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 Basically, yeah. What you put out there will will draw people in. So that's a uh, yeah. It's I think a lot of people don't realize how much some artists pay attention to this stuff yeah. and how much you need to. I think there's this sort of cliched rock and roll attitude of like, I don't know, man, I just I just play and do my thing. And sometimes that works for people. But I feel like these days, if you're not paying attention to what really works and what what is happening, then you're not going to cut through the noise at all. Yeah. It's just like, uh, the, I was just, funny enough, I was listening to Bill Burr last night, Bill Burr's um, in, recently interviews. And he was comparing how his parent, how, how, his, how him being a parent was different from his parents. Mm-hmm. It's just different time. You know, when people say that, like, oh, I'm just going to do my thing, it's just like, it's just saying, like, how our parents would do it, you know? Our parents just let us, like, go outside and figure <laughs> it out. Compared to now, now it's more nurturing. <laughs> I think it's just different time. Different, <laughs> yes. Definitely a different time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, when I was when I was growing up, I was just told, and my listeners have heard this a billion times, but... Just go get a job that you can tolerate and that's it, you know? Yeah. And I think that there's some very practical or a very practical nature to that advice. And I don't think it's necessarily terrible advice, but I also think it's reflective of the times, you know, yeah. there wasn't this job that I'm doing didn't exist. That wasn't a thing. I was like, yeah, yeah I, I like talking to people and I like, I like doing this kind of thing, but where am I going to do it? Am I going to go on the radio and do a, do the a morning radio DJ program? Like, no, I don't like that. Doing things too. Yeah. 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 But they didn't exist. You know, yeah. I mean, no, it, no, it exists. Technology is, is just different. Like what, what I, what I really, what, what that was a, a struggle for our band uh, or, and myself as in general for while building this, that's why it took forever to like, where we are now because there's so many people telling us oh there's no future in music or you can't do this like uh, or like how how would people like you know i grew up in the philippines i I, i'm an immigrant here and and this is something like this has just never been heard of Mm -hmm. you know of like our story as a band and then like now it's like people start to know us and then like all the older people are like you know, like either mad or like just don't say anything because it's like it's, it's a new. It's we we broke into something really new. We create our own league. Yeah, I think that it's always. I mean, literally, since people started doing art as something they could do for a living, I think it's always been extremely difficult. Yeah, I, I don't think it's ever been. Everyone wants to say, "Oh, now it's more difficult than ever," and I can see some arguments for that but i also think in some ways this is the best time ever to be an artist because never in history could you just accidentally put something or not accidentally but could you put something on any sort of social media platform and have anyone else see it yeah you know they talk about the glory days of the 70s like it was perfect well those people were still touring around and touring around. There are hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of bands touring yeah. around the country that nobody's ever heard of, that never, essentially never existed at all in the timeline of things. They never got recorded. Yeah. They never did anything. Sure, it's probably great memories, and I'm not trying to crap on that or anything. But the reality is 
now people can reach people easier and you can find people that like, say you're playing in the Bay area. I found you up here in Portland. Maybe somebody in the Philippines is watching you right now. Uh, yeah, there is, there is right now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Indonesia. And like, you know, we look at our stats. <laughs> we got, we got people from different countries. Mm-hmm. It's just really interesting. You know, like uh, something that we, it's something that we didn't, well, we want we want all these all these like you know all, all these reach for sure for sure, but we just didn't expect it the way it was gonna play out. Yeah, it was better than we thought it was gonna be. What do you think the next step is? Uh, the next step for us is like make an album, and then um, and then play some festivals, do do Europe, do music videos. Um, we pretty much just like you know we now we we know what we we somewhat know what we're doing now we just have to like know more mm-hmm. so we're just gonna keep going really yeah like we you want it all we, we want we want to be able to like travel around the world doing this and then uh just become self-reliant as a as an artist and like we don't have to like deal with any real life it'll get to the point where like we don't have to like worry about our bills anymore mm-hmm. I think. That's, that's our next step yeah do you think the van is always going to be a part of what you do or are you going to actively try to get out of the van um i, I think we're just gonna do it to like the wheels fall off and then some um like we're 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 open, you know. We're 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 an independent band, so like we can do whatever we want. Like, but for now, what makes sense to us is like pissing off every venue who didn't book us. <laughs> <laughs> now they want to book. <laughs> now they want to book us. <laughs> we're like, man, yeah. all the there's like three four hundred people outside the venue. <laughs> this is yeah. this is not what we want. This is the opposite yeah. of what we're shooting for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's the. I think that's the future. Definitely, like an album. We want to make a classic album. You know, you know how like all the greats have that album. Yeah. We the- we want we want to make more. Not just one. We want to make one almost every couple times we do it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> every, yeah. It's always the goal, right? Yeah. Do you see yourself exploring any other styles? Yeah, yeah. Uh we are, you know, we we we're heavy but we like all mm-hmm. kinds. Like we we actually like don't listen to as much metal as as uh we listen to other genres. Um like when we're on tour or like we're spending time together, we we like try to like dissect every type of music that we can get our hands on. Who are some and of your like, favorite non-metal artists? Right now, uh, Dr. J, we've been like dissecting that guy a lot. Yeah. Know? We really like, we're trying to like, the, we're trying to like capture that like vibe that he has, you know, like that, that like, uh, like I'm a gangster vibe. <laughs> and, like, I, hear, I, know I know what you mean. I know exactly I what you mean. describe it. Yeah. yeah. Well, you hear, uh, like, you hear a Dre song come on and you're, you're just yeah. instantly like, mm. you just, you yeah. kind of start moving. You, yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, um, that uh, I've been listening to like uh, been listening to, like reggae lately. Yeah, trying to get into the deep cuts of reggae music. Like I, I already like listened to like all the revolution and all that stuff recently. Sure. Like 
And I was like, huh, uh, I think it, this can go deeper. This is very like at the tip of the iceberg type thing. Yeah. And then um, rediscovering a lot of like, um, like pop music from when I was growing up and why, why, the, why am I connect them like that? And like, like really like listening to like how they, how did they did the record? I mean, like, like, like going back to that, uh, the, the Backstreet Boys stuff and the Insect. The, their, some of their albums are are heavy. Hmm. Yeah. Now, now you got me curious. What do you mean by that? Like it just pops. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, like they have a song called uh, NSYNC has a song called uh, what's the song called? Every little thing I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the it goes like da 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 da. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Michael Jackson stuff too. It's like you got some heavy stuff in there. That's you know? that's true. That's true. Yeah. I had never thought about that. Yeah, you switch that out for a downtuned guitar. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, like, then, and, then, and then you and then you get turnstile. That's how you get turnstile. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I just exposed their playbook. I just exposed their playbook. That's what it is. You did. You showed them. Up. Everybody knows now. Everybody knows. It's just in sync. <laughs> In sync with yeah. downtuned guitars. I'm hey, I'm here for it. I like that. <laughs> that's exactly. How, I think that's how they're doing it. Yeah, because the turnstile came from an indie scene. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, so, so you, you, if you think about it, like you, you know where it comes from. That's true. It's <laughs> true. It, it, You're it, onto something. It, does, it doesn't take. But it, it it takes a non elitist person to like figure that out. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, I've been listening to a lot of uh, well, I've been listening to a podcast just diving into uh, George Jones and like his whole life. Basically, it's an awesome podcast. Cocaine Rhinestones. I've shouted it out a million times. Great podcast. If you even if you don't like country music, it's great for lovers of music. But this whole season's been about George Jones and the way that the host Tyler breaks down the songwriting and and everything is you know george didn't necessarily like write all his own stuff of, of yeah. course it's country yeah it's their own stuff that's right yeah they just it's <laughs> all taken from all kinds of different places yeah but yeah, it, don't they have like 10 songwriters in one song it like, can they can yeah what is it like was it memphis that's where they they usually make them nashville nashville yeah mm-hmm. yeah so Na- nashville like i know I'm not sure if this is a fact, but I've heard stories that like there's ghostwriters there. We are brought to you today by Sweetwater, specifically the Gear Exchange. You may have heard about this. This is a place where you can go to buy and sell your used gear. Maybe you got a pedal over there that's just kind of collecting dust. Maybe there's something you've been eyeing from the Sweetwater catalog. Well, right now is a great time to turn that unused gear into something you're actually going to use. Even better, if you sell on the gear exchange, you can keep 100% of the sale as long as you choose a Sweetwater gift card as your payout method. That is not too shabby, because let's be honest, most of this buying and selling we do is just to fund new gear purchases, and that is a great way to reach a wide variety of customers and keep 100% in your pocket, or rather, on your pedal board. So go check out the Sweetwater Gear Exchange and turn that unused gear into something that's actually going to help you write that next huge riff. 
Hello there. I'd like to introduce you to your new best friend, the Chase Bliss Audio Lossy. Lossy is a collaboration between Chase Bliss and Good Hertz. It's meant to give you some control over those weird digital artifacts that come with very compressed audio. You're hearing it right now. All the changes that are taking place are strictly coming from my playing dynamics. I'm just interacting with the pedal and letting it do its thing. And some true stereo goodness. If you'd like some more details about Lossy, I invite you to head over to chaseblintsaudio.com. I think you're going to like what you find. And all they do is just share songs. It's kind of a interesting, it's, it's more of an open thing now, but it, there's just, people will just get together and just write and write, and the whole goal is to write the next big hit for in it doesn't matter really who does it right yeah so there's just writers there's maybe hundreds of writers yeah in that town and uh, nashville is like my home away from home that's where that's yeah. where i go oh cool yeah yeah, yeah i yeah. always want to go there like we got a tour there next year for sure for sure <laughs> um, well I'm, hey if you come down maybe we can have you buy the the string joy shop which is why i go there i'm a partner oh, cool. in in string joy guitar strings and we make them there in nashville which is why i'm oh, there all the time oh man yeah yeah we got we got to talk about this later on we will we'll, we'll definitely <laughs> talk about this <laughs> yeah but yeah nashville is a a very interesting uh microcosm in the whole music landscape you know the the way it's structured and the way it works has changed a lot but especially going back and hearing the history of how all these writers and the like the whole goal of these things it's very intentional you know like yeah. the whole drama between him and and Tammy Wynette like it was all there was a lot of drama there but like the public perception of it was designed to sell records <laughs> you know which is ah. really really an interesting thing which i guess yeah. the entertainment industry has always been like that to a degree yeah i mean like if you really think about it that's what everyone's really trying to do now, you know, like maybe not fabricated as much as like that, but like everybody has a story. Mm -hmm. We have a story. Yeah. That's how we're selling our merch. That's how we're like doing our thing. That's why we we're talking today. Yeah. <laughs> we have a, but it's, it's just more authentic rather than like fabricated. Yeah. And there wasn't necessarily fabricated as much as it was what was going on was perceived to be different than what was actually yeah. going on. It was like, oh, George Jones is drunk again. And it's like, and he's also on cocaine. We're not going to talk about that. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It is, it is like that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, the, it's it's a it's a wild way to try to make a living. And I going back to something I said earlier, I just think it's always been, it's always been that way. Yeah. S since the first guy started strumming a lute and making, having people throw pennies in a hat. It's always been a weird, yeah. a, a weird thing to try to do. Yeah, because like uh, are are artists invoke, they tap into the, an emotional thing, and that's how people connect to it. Mm -hmm. And what what taps into your your feelings is drama. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why Why do you think people watch like 
reality shows or like movies. Like there's always some type of story. There's a story. There's something you connect with or you don't and you are kind of repulsed by it. I mean, it was it was funny today. I tagged you in that uh, Taylor Swift meme that I and some of the comments and it was basically for the listeners who didn't see it. It was a, you know, basically saying Taylor. It was a commentary on Taylor Swift versus Ticketmaster type of thing. And some people in the comments missed the whole point. They're just like, well, I hate Taylor Swift. It's like, well, okay. That's fine. You can hate Taylor Swift, but that's not even the point of what the meme is saying, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like at all. Yeah. Uh, but you know, again, anybody that invokes a feeling in somebody, even if that's a somewhat negative feeling, like these people happen to have yeah. towards Taylor, you know, somebody's going to have just as strong of a feeling in the other direction. So the yeah. worst thing is when people don't react at all. Yeah. That, that's and that sucks, man. Yeah, <laughs> you, you're like putting your heart out there, and then like they just walk away. <laughs> you're like, oh, oh man. But it gives you something to work on, you know. Okay, yeah. Why? Why didn't they care? Yeah. Why did nobody pay attention to this? Why is everybody paying attention to Turnstile right now? Why is everybody yeah. paying attention to X Y Z artist? And yeah. there's something you can take from all of these people, no matter yeah. what endeavor it is you're trying to pursue. I think. Yeah. It's funny they said that. Like, uh, there's this. Um, I've been listening to like this guy named Russ lately. Yeah, the song a day was, guy, right? Or song yeah, a week? Yeah. Song a yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah, and he he. There's one of his songs. He says like, if you're not inspired by it, you hate it on it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, and I was like, oh, that, I guess I see that for everything because like, every, everything that's successful, you have to be inspired by it. Unless you hate on it, you know, because mm-hmm. like you get inspired by it in terms of like, hey, I need to like understand how is this person or how is this band popping right now? Yeah, and I can like see their game, and then like because like once you more as big as as big as you get, the more of I guess the more of your playbook gets exposed, and then like. Guys like me, take it further. Take it to the next level, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I realized this is supposedly a guitar podcast. We talked about pedals and we talked about amps, and we're like, ah, guitars. I guess we'll just not talk about that. What what guitars did you start out with, and what are you playing now? It's funny. uh, I I, when I first started playing guitar, it was a Les Paul Epiphone. Mm Hmm. And now I'm I'm playing uh, an ESP um, Arctic Metal Eclipse, which is like the same oh, shape. Oh yeah, those are cool. Yeah, um, it's full circle because I always I always like that guitar because the guy from Trivium was playing it, mm-hmm. and um, James Hetfield was playing it. Oh, now that I'm realizing those two guys are like a good influence to me. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, it would be funny, like there's in the future, there's be a picture of the three of us. Yeah, say, that'd be sick. I like that. Uh, yeah. So like I I use that, and then like uh, I was using the Epiphone for a while, and I started looking at magazines, and I started looking at like Kirk Cavett, what he uses, and then there was ESP guitar. I was like, okay, ESP is on my radar now. And then like I've been trying to like buy ESPs for like hella long on Craigslist for used, and then like up not to like. So I, I own like, and then I and then later on I bought um, Trivium guitar. Yeah, uh, the Les Paul one. It's really sick. He has he has a kill kill switch. It sounds nice. That all white one. Pickups. 
No, the before that one. Oh, okay. Is when he first got the endorsement from those guys. Sweet. Um, and then I used that for a long time, and and I was like, oh man, this guitar is really heavy. That's why you see him having two straps when right? he plays. <laughs> and it, was like, it started to hurt my back and move a lot on stage. And I was like, okay, I got to change this guitar, but I really like the shape. So I found a guitar on Craigslist, a, an Eclipse EC1000, and super light. I was like, okay, this is game changer. Like, it's everything that I need on a guitar, and it's super light. Nice. So I got that, and then like, um, it was a really bad shaped guitar. In terms of like maintenance and stuff, mm-hmm. it, go, it would go out of tune, like really fast, and and like when we started doing the bus shows, my guitar would go out of tune like so fast, and it'd be so embarrassing. <laughs> so like I bought another, I, I found another one, another one on Craigslist, which is like the the black metal EC. I bought it from this rich guy that that um, and then and I I started using that more. That's like our first like our first. Two songs that recorded last year was recorded on that, and then um, fast forward two months later, ESP contacted us, and oh. they want they wanted to uh, send us guitars. Nice, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, so now we're in like in we have an endorsement with them. That's incredible. Like full circle. It, it's crazy. Like it's my dream guitar, and then like I got the white one. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. And you yeah. know, weird like the weirdest twist of fate. Like I knew you played ESPs, but I didn't realize that that was the you know the whole combination of events there. Yeah, I, I have my first ESP coming to me today. So oh nice. Yeah, <laughs> which one do you got? I, I'll be playing the M one thousand eight. It's uh, mm, one of their one, one. Yeah, one of their eight strings, which yeah. is my first eight string. So we'll see how this goes. I've, I've, oh man! I've played a lot of baritone and a lot of of my the seven string back here, this yeah. one here, which yeah. I love. I was like, let's try an eight string. Let's try. Let's yeah. just try it. Why not? Yeah. So it's literally. Be, it should. So, it might so even awesome. have been dropped off while we're recording this. So nice. You got. You got. What kind of pickups is it? It's got a Seymour Duncan Nazgul in yeah. the bridge and a Seymour Duncan uh, Sentient in the neck. Is it, you got it on the costume shop or? Uh no, that's just what it comes with. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, it's that's I, and that's crazy. part of part of why I went with it because it was like, oh, this is pretty much how I would spec this out if yeah. I was to order one. Is it the ESP uh, the second phase or like it's still from the older phase? Uh, it's, it's it's I think this guitar came out in 2020. Oh okay, so, yeah, yeah. They 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 redid the their whole company this year. It's really interesting. Oh, I didn't see that. What happened? Yeah. Oh, uh, they're just going through a, like a phase two. That's what mm-hmm. they say. I, I I didn't I didn't really understand it, but like it looks different. Oh yeah, every every all the signature guitars has a new version now. Oh, yeah. interesting. I didn't know this. I don't know when this one was produced. Uh, it's coming from Sweetwater, so. Oh, nice. <clears throat> I'm not. School. I'm not sure. Yeah. Lo- Love Sweetwater because they yeah. support this podcast, so I couldn't possibly <laughs> love them uh, any more than I do. <laughs> did you ever go to Nam? Uh, yeah, I've been to Nam mm, four ish times, maybe five yeah. times, including Nashville once. Um, oh, there's Nashville once too. There were so like oh, with the whole craziness of the pandemic and everything, that whole thing got all screwed up. So there used wow. to be winter which was in January and then summer, which I believe was in June or July and summer would be in Nashville and summer wow. was a, was like a lot smaller. 
Yeah. And well, but, that's probably why I didn't but the, yeah, but the last two years they've only done a it's not a winter or a summer, it's just like a spring. Well, I guess they've just done a single show in Anaheim, basically. So Yeah, this, that, that's the one I went to recently. It's our first time as an artist going there. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Nice. We we were like with the interview backdrop for the ESP, and it was it was pretty cool. That is awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> it was like full circle. Hey guys, like I'm a big fan <laughs> of the guitars. You know, that's so and, awesome. And like one of our favorite guitarists, Gary Holt, was there. You know, no way. Yeah, he he actually gave us like a big boost, like uh near. That's I think that's the catalyst of getting a the ESP endorsement because they saw him talking about us. And then ESP reached out to us soon after. Very cool. Very, very cool. But yeah, uh, I will be there this year, though. I haven't been in the last couple of years, but I'll The, the last I'll one was there. interesting. Yeah. It, was, it, it would never happen again like that. It was really cool. You know, it was like the like somewhat pandemic NAM still. You know, right. not a lot of people were there. <laughs> like, it was very special because like I was able to like talk to like a lot of the companies when I was down there. Mm-hmm. Like genuinely talk to them. Now I'm like, making deals with these guys yeah yeah it's just like some people say it sucked because if you're there just see rock stars and like look at gear yeah it it probably sucked but for a business perspective the world my was my oyster when i was there because i was like i'll just go up to them and like hey i need strings can i get an endorsement and they're like talk to us later (laughs) and and, and I, i got a lot of endorsements like in one day when I was down there, it was really cool. Yeah. We're, you know, it's going to be interesting. This will be my first year being stuck at a booth. So I've never, oh. I've never had to do that before. Usually I'm wandering around looking at stuff, talking to people. Oh, and the, so we'll this year you there, dude. Yeah. I'll be there in, I think it's in April. Yeah. It's in April. Oh, it's in April. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. They've shifted. It's all messed up. I think after this, they're planning on shifting it back to, the January, one. January, some, yeah. and then summer. I think that's the idea. So we'll see how it goes moving forward. But interesting. Yeah. That's how this. They're 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 a little late in the game. I mean, they should just bring it back to normal next year. But, I think by the time they decide, they just they have to decide these things really early because they yeah, have to they yeah. have to get the vendors there and the yeah. vendors have to plan. And basically, how it happened is because this last one was sort of in the summer. It mm-hmm. didn't to have it in winter again that soon didn't give the yeah. companies enough time to you know yeah build back up. It's really expensive to show it, Nam. So. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, what booth are you gonna be in? Uh, I'll be in the Stringjoy booth. So oh, okay, yep. It's interesting. Um, yeah, like uh, last year in the this this year, man. So by the by Sunday, some of the companies are like really desperate to sell out their gear because they don't want to haul it back. Mm-hmm. It's like it costs more for them to like bring it back rather than to sell it for really cheap there. Yep, it, it was crazy. It was like I was getting stri- I was getting drumsticks for my drummer and like left and right <laughs> getting <laughs> strings. I was like, <laughs> like please take this with you. <laughs> Yeah. We don't want to ship it back. And yeah, I can I can relate to that. I've seen I've seen that in action yeah. before. Like they're not technically supposed to sell stuff sell you, yeah, yeah, yeah. on the on the floor, which is a th- reason that Nam needs to yeah. wake up, but uh that's a, dis- yeah. a subject for a different day. Yeah, that's ridiculous, yeah. Uh, 
I, I don't know if I can say the name of the company, but it's really, we just got the endorsement. Like, we got it off the bat, like, like that Sunday. Um, it was like a cable company. Nice. This is really cool. I was like, and then we walked, like, by the end of Sunday, we were like, we have like all kinds of free samples. <laughs> we have like guitar cables and like, and we're in the middle of the, our tour when we were down there, which is really cool. So, like, we upgraded our sound as we were touring down there. Perfect. Yeah. Can't ask for more than that. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're getting to the end of the main part of the episode. Yeah. And before I ask you the classic questions that I wrap this uh, this thing up with, I like to give the guests a chance to just take the floor and, you know, shout out their grandma if they want to or say whatever you want to say, plug whatever you want to plug. Like now is your chance to talk to a couple thousand people. Oh, cool. Uh, well, uh, I want to give a shout out to my to my boys <laughs> in Hemorrhage. For sure. Yeah. Uh, give a shout out to like um Everyone that helped us this year, uh, Chris Garza from Suicide Silence, Gary Holt, uh, I got Ken Susie from uh, Unearth and As I Lay Dying. It was nice meeting them. Tony Reuser with ESP Guitars. Uh, but now I want to go into like giving a shout to like all our fellow up and comers. Crowkeeper uh, uh, Studios in Sacramento. Shout out to those guys. Heavy Metal Buds. They gave us like a heavy metal. Hemel Buds endorsement. Nice. <laughs> we have our own like <laughs> pre-roll with those guys. Um, on Chain Records, the guys who's pressing our uh, our records with NFTs, which is really cool. Uh, and pretty much everybody that helped us out, you know, all, all the people that we've met this year has been incredible. Thank you. Awesome for everybody. Awesome. All right, final questions. First one I think is going to be really easy, and we may have already answered it, so we'll see. What is your favorite boss pedal? Oh man! Right now, <laughs> it's, it's the noise suppressor. I thought so. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> but, but for a while, my favorite one was the MT2. Yeah, yeah. If Got you have a really bad finger. amp, that is the pedal you should get. <laughs> Here it is. There it yeah. is. Woo! Yeah. Classic. Yeah. If if you can't afford a good amp, get MT2 pedal. <laughs> get MT2 pedal. And be careful with that EQ. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very, sure. very flexible. It's, it, it gets hot fast. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I like their tuner oh. pedal though too. Their oh tuner, yeah, tuner pedal's cool. Yeah. To you too. It's a classic yeah. for a reason. You know, yeah. can't live without that thing. Yeah. All right. Final question. This one is a little bit dicey. Gets a little bit controversial. What is your favorite kind of pizza? Oh, I like the classic. Uh, pepperoni, actually. Yeah. When I when I crave pizza, I crave that pizza. A pepperoni pizza. Yeah. 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 Do you like a thin crust, thicker crust? What do you? What oh do you think? man, I like thick crust, mm. but cheesy crust too. Though. Oh like yeah. See, this crust. is a. I think this is an answer we haven't gotten yet. Usually, most people <laughs> go for the thin, but you like the yeah. like inject the crust with the cheese, like yeah. that. All I, that I like thing. the the dough one is fluffy. Yeah. Fluffy are where it's at. Uh, yeah, uh, I do like thin slices too. When I was in New York, it's cool. Mm -hmm. The thin but their thin slices are thick still, though. Well, kind of. They're thick yeah. enough. Yeah, they're, they're. I mean, like the depth of the, they're thin in considering like how wide they are. But the depth of the pizza is still, it's, it's not, it's not like, oh my God, there's there's another pizza, 
It's called, it starts with an M. It's like magenta pizza or something like that. Margarita? Margarita pizza. Those, mm-hmm. those are thin. Those are super thin. Yeah. Those there's are, no, there's no edge th- to them. Yeah. yeah when, when I think of thin, thin pizzas, I think of that pizza. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty good answer. I like the I like the pepperoni too. When sometimes when I when I just oh, in fact that's probably what I'm gonna get tonight pepperoni pizza. Yeah. That sounds great. There's, there's there's something about it. You can fold it up. Mm-hmm. But but if if I'm drunk, I do like the meat lovers pizza. Yeah. Well, sure. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. that when I'm not drunk too. So that's that's fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, thank you so much for coming on. This was a great conversation. I really, really enjoyed it. And uh, we'll see what kind of weirdness we can get into on the Patreon section. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) All right, everybody. For John, this is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. All right, people. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. John and I got even more into the weeds on the Patreon section of the podcast. So if you would like to get extra bonus episodes of this podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash tonemob, where for five bucks a month, you can get bonus episodes beamed right to your ears every week. Just five bucks a month. It's always been five bucks a month, and it is extremely helpful to me. If you can sign up for that, it, it is so massive. I can't even tell you. Another thing, if you are not a fan of the ads in the new ad format on this podcast, I'm sorry. I hate that I had to change it, but times be a changing so got to do what we got to do to keep the food on the table but if you really hate that you can go ad free for three bucks a month and that is also available over on patreon and you will get an ad free version of the podcast beamed right to your ears just like the bonus episodes so yeah that's available for you oh and it's worth noting that if you sign up for the bonus episodes you will also get access to the ad free feed so go check that out Don't forget about the $14 fuzz pedal I mentioned in the intro. It is in the show notes of this episode, and I don't know how long those things are going to be in stock or how long they'll be on sale. So apologies if you hear this late and they're sold out. I did my best. I put it in my Instagram stories every day. I shared it on the Tone Mob Facebook group, and I've shared it around to a few other places as well because, hey, I like to see people get fuzz pedals, and I like to see them get good deals on those fuzz pedals. So the link to that is in the show notes. And again, holiday shopping, affiliate links, those help me out a lot. So please check those out if you can. And I'll talk to you next time. Talk to you on the internet. Bye. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com slash StringJoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings So why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is ToneMob.com slash StringJoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time.
We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstreet as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life. Uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind Podcast. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and, in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. 